0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we continue our look at the Legend of the Grail with J.R. Church. If you missed yesterday's program, you missed a lot. Yesterday, we announced our gospel partnership with Prophecy in the News. Included with this partnership is the relaunch of the Prophecy in the News magazine. All the articles, information, and analysis on the news of the day through the lens of Scripture. Subscribe today. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or visit swrc.com. Subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine today. When you subscribe, you'll get the print edition of the magazine, a digital version, and a subscription to FaithNet TV, our online streaming platform that now has over 1,000 on-demand teaching videos. Call 1-800-652-1144 and subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine. James Collins comes now with the help of some digital technology to welcome a special guest back to the program.
1: Last time, we heard a special program featuring J.R. Church, the founder and host of Prophecy in the News. For those who missed that program, let me take a few moments to tell you about J.R. He was born in 1938 in Abilene, Texas. His name was Jerry Rowland Church, but he was always known as J.R. He graduated from Lubbock High School in 1957, and he moved to Tennessee, where he studied Bible at Tennessee Temple University. In 1958, J.R. Church married Linda, and they had two children, a daughter, Terry, and a son, Jerry. J.R. served as the pastor of Western Hills Baptist Church in Lubbock, Texas, for 17 years. He had a tremendous skill for teaching Bible prophecy, and he felt God moving him to start a ministry devoted to Bible prophecy. So, in 1979, J.R. moved to Oklahoma City, and he started the ministry, Prophecy in the News. J.R. died in 2011, and he is greatly missed. Last time, we began listening to a series of teachings from J.R. about his book, Guardians of the Grail. As part of Prophecy in the News, now being a gospel partner to Southwest Radio Ministries, we're excited to offer a subscription to the Prophecy in the News magazine. Also, we're excited to offer the book, the DVD, and the audio CD set of Guardians of the Grail by J.R. Church. You can subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine and order the Guardians of the Grail collection right now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online at swrc.com. Last time we heard J.R. Church talk about how the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was released the very same day as his book Guardians of the Grail was released. As we continue our look at the Guardians of the Grail and the men who will rule the world, let's go back to the radio vault. From 1989, here is J.R. Church with a review of the Grail legend.
2: According to the movie of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the grail was the cup out of which Christ drank the Last Supper. However, the grail is more than that. The grail originally was thought to be a stone of light, a gem in the crown of Lucifer, who was the light bearer. And he bore this stone in his crown. Now, please understand, all of this is malarkey, because the grail is not holy. The grail is unholy. If we were to go to Revelation chapter 17 and take a look at Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, she has a golden cup in her hand, and this is the symbol of Mystery Babylon. So, this holy grail is really an unholy grail, and it is more than just a cup. It is the vessel Supposedly, it is the vessel that bore the bloodline of Christ. Of course, this is the main emphasis of our book. The vessel that bore the bloodline of Christ was said to be Mary Magdalene, with whom Jesus had either an affair or she became one of his wives. And, of course, the legend says that he didn't really die at Calvary, that he just swooned, and he survived another 40 years or so and married Mary Magdalene and her sister Martha. And the Bible does not say that Mary Magdalene was kin to Martha and Lazarus, but this is the concocted legend. So that when Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 A.D., Mary Magdalene fled with her uncle, Joseph of Arimathea. And remember, the Bible doesn't say anywhere that Joseph of Arimathea was her uncle. But they went to France. And then Joseph of Arimathea took the cup, the grail, on to Scotland to Glastonbury, where he became the main guardian of the Grail. However, there are some stories that say that the Grail stayed with Mary Magdalene. Actually, she was the Grail. The womb of Mary Magdalene was supposed to be the vessel that bore the bloodline of Christ, a family dynasty which still lives today and are very politically powerful in European politics. As
1: you just heard in the book Guardians of the Grail, J.R. Church showed that the Grail was more than just a cup. Here once again is J.R. Church with more.
2: Now the Grail is more than just a cup and the Grail is more than just a vessel. The Grail is also the capstone to the pyramid. The Grail is a round crystal ball used in seances by witchcraft. The grail is a stone of light. It is the pineal gland at the base of the brain that becomes the third eye of clairvoyant perception. This legend is very deeply embedded into the politics of today throughout the United Nations and the politics of Europe, of even the United States and goes all the way back to Eastern mysticism. The tribe of Dan picked it up, of course, when they moved north, but really they didn't originate this. Dan picked it up from ancient Babylon.
1: One of the main focuses that J.R. Church explored in Guardians of the Grail was
2: the Grail family. Let's listen as he explains. So we have in the grail legend the story of the family of the Holy Grail when Percival the hero becomes the owner of the grail protector of the grail castle and protector of the grail family the grail is not just a cup it's a family and this family dynasty has ruled down through the centuries ruled for over 500 years from direct lineage the holy roman empire and plans today to establish the United States of Europe and an eventual world government. This Holy Grail family also owns the international banking houses and controls the money of the world they believe they have a divine right to sit upon the throne of this world because they are the offspring of jesus christ but may i hasten to say that's the big lie they are not the offspring of jesus christ and poor mary magdalene's got a bad deal you know she's been dealt a bad deal mary magdalene as far as we know never was a harlot the bible does not call her a harlot She is not the woman caught in the act of adultery and brought to the feet of Jesus. Never does the Bible say that she was. The Bible does say that Mary Magdalene had seven devils out of whom Jesus cast those evil spirits. But, you know, there are a lot of people around today with a lot more than seven. But, you know, there are some cults today who claim that she was the wife of Jesus. And let us be reminded that this grail is not holy, it is unholy. This woman, who eventually turned out to be Mary Magdalene in the legend, you can see her in Revelation chapter 17, mystery Babylon the great, holding a golden cup in her hand. And this grail is full of abomination and the filthiness of her fornication. All of this mother, child, idea came from ancient Babylon that Ishtar, the moon goddess, laid an egg one day and called it the earth. This mother's been called nature. She's been called the moon, the mother goddess. She is Columbia of Roman mythology. Uh, She is Ashtar, Ashtaroth of the tribe of Dan. Uh, She is Isis, And she is Diana of the Ephesians. And if you go over to India and look at Hinduism, you'll see the mother there with the child. It's the same. And it comes from the zodiac sign of Virgo, the Virgin. This is a perversion of God's original promise that a virgin would conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel.
1: Those who guard the grail follow a secret doctrine. Adolf Hitler was a follower of this secret doctrine. Here is how J.R. Church explained The Secret Doctrine.
2: This secret doctrine goes back to the ancient story of Atlantis and the Aryan race that lived on the island of Atlantis. Somewhere in the ages past, there were seven sub-races that lived on this island of Atlantis. Now, please understand, I don't believe this. a bunch of malarkey. But this is the legend. There are those who believe it. Adolf Hitler believed it. The white Aryan nations believe it. They want to get rid of all the Jews and let the white race rule the earth because they are the Aryans. Well, this so-called Aryan race was so much better. And by the way, it was put together. It was genetically manipulated by masters of wisdom. And these avatars are masters of wisdom programmed by genetic manipulation these seven subcultures on the island of atlantis and came up with a a handsome Man with a bony-like structure, a skeleton on the inside of his flesh. And these other sub-races, of course, were all monstrous. I mean, you know, some of them had one eye in the middle of the forehead, and they were all kind of grotesque and giant type of monsters. Well, they began to fight against the Aryans, and the Aryans moved north into the mountain areas of Atlantis. Of course, Atlantis was mostly shrouded in a fog, and since it was so foggy all the time, people couldn't see, so they couldn't use their two eyes. So they used a third eye called the mind's eye, the all-seeing eye. And, of course, they, during the daytime, you know, they couldn't see too well, but at night they could uh, read the Akashic records and they could have out-of-the-body experiences and do all kinds of things in their dream-like state. But the Aryans, when they became such a super human being... One thing they lost, the ability to see with their third eye. Well, eventually they found out that Atlantis was going to be destroyed in a flood. So they left Atlantis, the Aryans did, and moved to Iran or Persia. And the word Iran for the modern country of Iran is a takeoff from the word Aryan. Well, this is where Babylon came from. You know, the Babylonian, Persian mentality and the culture of thousands of years ago.
1: The secret doctrine dated back to well before the philosopher Plato. However, Plato wrote about the
2: origins of the secret doctrine. Let's listen as J.R. explains. In fact, I think it was Plato who said 9,000 years ago, and of course, you know, he lived before the birth of Christ when Greece was in its prime. And he said 9,000 years ago, there was an island called Atlantis. And so all of this mythology has come out of this ancient Greek philosopher. Now, of course, eventually they moved down the road from Persia into India high in the Himalaya Mountains to an ancient city called Shambhala where they perfected their religion where they could through meditation and or drugs sorcery they could open their blinded third eye their mind's eye of clairvoyant perception and speak with mental telepathy hypnosis ESP astral projection out-of-the-body experiences, talking to the dead, visiting the palaces of the gods, UFO mentality, the whole schmear They even had a sun will in this Shambhala religion of their secret doctrine. And all this now is a secret doctrine because they did not widely publicize their doctrine. They held it in secret for initiates only. So the only way you could get into this religion was to be initiated into it through certain levels of initiation.
1: In Guardians of the Grail, J.R. Church wrote about a poem that was hundreds of years old. And this poem influenced those who guard the Grail. J.R. picks up the story from
2: there. When Wolfram von Eskenbach first published his poem called Percival on the quest of the Grail around the year 1200, he had the hero character Percival finding the Grail and as he gazed upon the Grail He went into a trance, or at least the grail seemed to open up like a television screen. It just came to life. And he looked into the grail like looking into a crystal ball. And he saw two fellow knights fighting, Gawain and Farafis, And the interpretation of that in this esoteric mystery Babylon religion is that Gawain and Faraphas and Percival were all the same person. They represented the body, soul, and spirit of man. And, of course, when they finally stop fighting and make love, not war, then the age of Aquarius will have arrived. This is the basic philosophy that man can find illumination, knowledge to understand how to make love, not war, and how to have eternal life.
1: The quest for the Grail is really a quest for something else. Let's
2: listen again as J.R. Church explains. Actually, the quest for the Grail is the quest for world government and the quest for a new world order. So all of that is wrapped up in the Grail mythology. You may recall in the legend, it was the Knights of King Arthur's Round Table that decided to go out and find the Grail. It was a quest for world domination. And of course, during the Crusades, on the First Crusade, Godfrey de Bouillon, who was a great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson, threw the King Arthur line back to Meravi, who went to Jerusalem and overthrew the Muslims there and set up the First Crusader Kingdom. And that was supposed to be the millennial reign of Christ and they being what they felt were the offspring of Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ, they had a divine right to sit upon the throne of Jerusalem. But the quest still continues for there are a group of people, the family of the Holy Grail, believe they are the offspring of the Holy Grail. The Grail not just being the cup, the vessel that bore the blood of Christ when Jesus raised the cup the night of the Last Supper and said, this is my blood of the New Testament, but they have twisted listed that and taken it to mean the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ through another grail, namely Mary Magdalene. The
1: quest for the grail takes you many places, even to the United States of America.
2: Here is J.R. Church with more. You know, I love America. I'm a patriot. I believe in America and I would not want to cast reflection upon our great nation. So what I'm about to say, please don't misunderstand me, but I can tell you that the Statue of Liberty is the same kind of grail mentality. The Statue of Liberty holds a grail in her hand. She holds it high and it is like a cup-like torch and from this grail emits light rays the flame of this torch. And the full title of the statue is Liberty Enlightening the World. See this age of enlightenment, this age of reason, this holy grail mentality continuing even in the shores of New York Harbor. And so, you know, the United States may be that mystery Babylon that is predicted in the Bible. If it were not a mystery, we would know who it was. We don't know because simply the Bible says she is a mystery. But she is referred to as a woman. And I think that shows the worship of the sun and the moon, the goddess Ishtar, or Ashtaroth, or Isis, or Diana, or Columbia, whatever you want to call her. She is the heart of the grail legend. She is the Virgo who bears the Son of God. And, of course, this is the big lie that Satan has. We know that Mary the Virgin did bear the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the Son of God, and he has already been born. But Satan has his counterfeit for the seed of the woman. But according to Genesis chapter 3, this Antichrist is really going to be the seed of the serpent.
1: In Guardians of the Grail, J.R. Church explored the connection between the Grail and the coming one world dictator, the Antichrist. To show this connection, J.R. specifically focused on the prophecies in Daniel. Once again, let's listen as J.R. Church teaches about the Antichrist.
2: It is believed that this new world dictator will first reveal himself in the role of as a peacemaker in the Middle East. Daniel described the coming of the Antichrist as a little horn. He writes, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now the word horn is used to describe this new world leader because in Daniel's day a king wore a crown which consisted of a number of horns. The protruding spikelets on the top of a crown were referred to in ancient times as horns. So the little horn which emerges from the group of ten horns represents a world leader who will emerge in the midst of a ten-nation confederation seeking to rule the world. In the process of his emergence, three of the ten nations, possibly of the thirteen nations, will be destroyed, leaving ten. The others will yield their authority to the Antichrist. He will then negotiate a peace treaty, I think, between Israel and the Middle Eastern Arab countries to cover at least a period of seven years. However, in the midst of that seven-year peace treaty, the Antichrist himself will break the covenant. The scripture also predicts that the world ruler will have absolute control over the economy. No one will be able to buy or sell without his permission. Today, with the advent of modern computers for the first time in history, such a thing is possible. Listen to Daniel 7.25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, and times, and the dividing of time. The word time is referred to, or is believed to refer to one year. Times is believed to refer to two years, for a total of three. Then the words dividing of time is thought to refer to one half year, making a grand total of three and a half years. A time, and times, uh, and the dividing of time. This verse coincides with the three-and-one-half-year great tribulation period, the last half of the seven-year tribulation. It also coincides with the forty-two months and the twelve-hundred-sixty days of the book of the Revelation. Listen to Revelation chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. But the court which is without the temple leave out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth." Now the period of 42 months or 1260 days total three and one half years. During this time, the Antichrist will make his final bid for world power. Daniel's prophecy provides the key to the drama. Jesus identified this man as the final military conqueror who would invade Jerusalem and desecrate the temple. Jesus said in Matthew twenty four fifteen, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place whoso readeth let him understand then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains now, our Savior's reference to this event added another important piece to the prophetic puzzle Daniel wrote in Daniel nine twenty seven, and he which I think is the Antichrist shall confirm the covenant with many for one week period of seven years. And in the midst of the week, and this week, by the way, I think is a sabbatical cycle of seven years, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. In this verse, Daniel described a covenant, perhaps a peace treaty, which will be made with Israel and negotiated by the Antichrist. Daniel said that the covenant would be for one week. In the original language, the verse refers to a period of seven years. One day equals one year in Daniel's prophetic timetable. In the midst of the week, or the seven-year period, he will cause the sacrifice to cease. In other words, in the middle of the seven-year period, right at the three-and-a-half-year point, the Antichrist will move into Jerusalem, take over the government, will execute Israel's political leader and religious leader whom I think will be the epitome of Moses and Elijah, and will attempt to set up his world government using Jerusalem as his new world capital.
1: Perhaps after listening to J.R. Church for the past two days, you're asking yourself, so what? Why should people care about the grail? Here is how J.R. Church answered that question.
2: Christians need to understand the mystery of the Grail, the mythology of the Grail. They need to understand that the New Age movement are adepts of the Grail. They need to understand that Adolf Hitler was an adept of the Grail, and by adept I mean a student of the Grail. The Communists are adepts of the Grail. They are working with ESP, psychokinesis, extrasensory perception hypnosis, UFOs, this is all in the grail mythology. Hinduism is a grail religion and Buddhists and adepts of Hinduism are actually adepts or students of the grail mentality in the grail mythology. By the way, those who practice voodoo are adepts of the grail. And the witchcraft of Middle Eastern Europe were adepts of the grail. The witch doctor of Africa is an adept of the grail because it is all the same religion. The worship of the sun, the moon, and the stars, and man is God, and man has mind powers, mind powers that would be able to rule everybody around him and cast spells on people and talk to the dead and have out-of-body experiences and so on. And you know, even the pyramid of ancient Egypt and the Egyptian mythology was a grail mentality because the capstone on the top of the pyramid was a holy grail. Satan's men of destiny, the Antichrist, will have 42 months of power as world dictator. During his rule, God will pour out his wrath upon a wicked, Christ-rejecting world. The prophetic calendar has been announced for centuries. The die is cast the Middle East will return to the center of the international stage. The leaders of the European Confederacy will revive the power lost by the fall of Rome. The future world dictator will await the right moment to upset three of those nations and seize control of the ten-nation alliance. For three and a half years, he will masquerade as a prince of peace. For the next three and a half years, he will use his satanic wonders and powers to declare himself God and ruthlessly crush all opposition.
1: Once again, I am James Collins, and you've been listening to legendary Bible prophecy teacher J.R. Church talk about his book, Guardians of the Grail. As part of Prophecy in the News, now being a gospel partner with Southwest Radio Ministries, we are excited to offer a subscription to the all-new relaunched Prophecy in the News magazine. Also, we're excited to offer the book, the DVD, and the audio CD set of Guardians of the Grail by J.R. Church. You can subscribe to the new Prophecy in the News magazine and order the Guardians of the Grail collection now by calling 1-800-652-1144 or online at swrc.com.
0: Today in the Resource Center, we have the complete Guardians of the Grail collection by J.R. Church. The Guardians of the Grail book, DVD, and complete audio teaching on CD. Order the complete Guardians of the Grail collection when you call toll-free 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. Prophecy in the News Magazine is back. All the articles, information, and analysis on the news of the day through the lens of Scripture. Subscribe today and don't miss an issue. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or visit swrc.com. Subscribe to the Prophecy in the News Magazine today. When you subscribe... You'll get the print edition of the magazine, a digital version, and a subscription to FaithNet TV, our online streaming platform that has over 1,000 on-demand teaching videos. Call 1-800-652-1144 and subscribe to The Prophecy in the News magazine. Have a wonderful weekend, and remember, God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.